SFS Podcast Season 2 Episode I don't fucking know 8, 9, whatever Yeah Zaijan Goodbye That's it Songyo This is important Laoji You understand Ting You listen Shamo? What? Tamada! Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> this is the podcast now. I'm not doing the Bolivian prison story this podcast. Um, I've missed a couple of weeks because of the uh, holidays. I've been away with no Wi-Fi connection or no way of uh, streaming um, my interview. So I thought I'd get back. Once I got back from um, being away, which I went back to my native island and we stayed in this nice cottage and uh, I saw Jerome again and um, it was a, it was a decent Christmas actually. I got a, a nice present. I got a, some uh, mountain hiking shoes, which are good so I don't have to wreck my other fucking shoes that I casually wear. And I got... Um, an MMA uh, bag, basically, the, uh, the bag with the uh, stand on it, where I spent fucking nearly a fucking day putting sand in the base of that motherfucker, it was fucking well annoying, because you, you have to put sand in it for it to weigh, so the weight goes on it, a lot, and I had a really small hole, and even if you picked up a sachet, sachet to do it, you could not, you, the sand would go all over the fucking place, so I had to, you know, it was just fucking hard, you put it in a container and a sachet, sachet and a container, no matter how narrow it was, it wouldn't fucking go in, so I uh, had to fucking put sand in a pile and uh, it's fucking one of the worst jobs you could possibly ever fucking do, um, slave labour, but obviously I didn't get paid, so that was a Pain in the fucking ass, but it's a really good uh, MMA dummy bag with the base on and everything. It weight it's about six foot two, um, put some good weight on it so when you hit it, it's like it's hard to move. So I can move around and dance around and do combinations. I will be back in martial arts soon. I set my goals for the year. Basically. Set my goals for the month, for the year, and um, that's about it. So I've been away, um, been eating uh, Christmas meals and um, doing all types of fucking deals. Um, basically finding myself, listening to lots of uh, mystical, spiritual books and mystical shit. Um, basically, what it is, is... Since I was born on February 5th, 1997. I am the number 7. And to astrology, that means I'm the 7th star. Now you might not believe me, but I am the... If I look into my spiritual in, individualism, if 
I look there, the known's the number seven because every with spiritual things as well, everything, even with religion, the seven day, it's always seven days, like the seven day, the seven day theory, the seven day this, the seven day that, seven days, seven minutes. It's all very, very spiritual. That number is the most spiritual. And in a scientific way, sevens, lot to do with Jesus, um, God, Satan, all that shit is the, the number seven. That's the number seven. Six is the unlucky number. So if you're, say you get to 18, 666, that means that you're possessed by, personally, you're possessed by, if you're 18, so if your birthday is on the 6th, it's not the year, the year's not included. So if your birthday is basically, let's see, on the 8th of October, that means you're in for some bad luck. You're either going to have the devil inside you, which God and the devil to me are the same thing. And uh, are you just gonna have bad luck? You you're a seed that is never gonna grow, and uh, you're stale. So anyone with the eighteen is supposed to be the ultimate devil. Either they do devilish things like shoot up schools, which I found out loads of uh, spree killers actually have the day uh, day of birth and month of birth added to the eighteen, and a lot of. Uh, most accomplished people are people that are blessed in a different type of way of the number seven but i am the number seven so that means that for astrology for the universe i am this star this star that um generates energy to seven billion living things whether that would be flower plants humans other fucking creatures and other planets, um, any type of animal, reptile, whatever, six, seven billion of them, I possess energy, I possess all that energy, I'm just talking about the astrology version of it, I like to think that, because it makes me feel like I'm limitless, so that's the astrology of it, and I represent the seventh star which is a magnificent star that possesses the energy of seven solar systems including the one that um we live in the jupiter uranus uranus neptune fucking pluto mars dars yars fucking earth the moon whatever fuck the solar systems, so um, seven solar systems, so it's a very unique number, number seven, okay, so I've just been uh, flying about all um, Christmas time, and um, basically uh, it's been alright, you know, I've had a break, I've been eating a bit too much, and uh, really that's all I've got to say about that, there's not nothing much really, it's just been an adventure of me walking to different places, 
uh, listening to different audio books and now I trying to get back and reach my goals that I set for myself which I'll be talking about in this podcast today but the main thing is the Bolivian prison story I'm going to do a Roddy Roddy Piper audiobook instead this week but it's going to be a week on and a week off because the Bolivian uh, audiobook's nearly done so what I'm going to do is uh, probably about two more episodes of the Bolivian book anyway then I'll go on to Roddy full time so next week it will be back to the Bolivian prison story and uh, do a the next week it will be back to the Roddy story and then it will be back to the Bolivian story. Probably be finished by then. But that's why I'm doing the Roddy story. Because um, no one's done an audio book on Roddy Roddy Piper. And I've just read, I'm reading the book so I thought, hmm, I may do this. But it's not, no special voices on this one. No, it's kind of me just reading like uh, I'm a bit serious on it. So... This time, it's time for the news flash. As I get into the news, I'm the one who put the drone into Gatwick Airport and made everyone wait for years. Getting their air... Uh, no, I didn't. Don't, police, please don't not come after me. I'm fucking j- j- joking. Yeah, there was a drone or something. I don't know who set the fucker off. But loads of people in Gatwick Airport were um, stranded. Um, it's not sort of news. Uh, I uh, I don't really ever listen to the BBC. I, I kind of like separate myself from watching the news because um, it's just all depressing. Every ever since you fucking I've watched the news, nothing's changed in the last ever. It's all the same. Ninety nine percent of the news is depressing and fucking bad. And uh, that's it. So what's the fucking part? And probably about 95% of it is bullshit as well. Misleading information to program you in a certain way. So that's what's good about the internet and stuff like that. Is you do get to watch what you want. And get the news that you want. And learn more about other stuff. And what may be true and what isn't true. Depending on how you view it. But obviously I do my news flash. I tend not to go to the commercial news. Like all this Brexit bullshit and all that. That can save that for some other motherfucker. I just do the news that I want to read. So... News flash time. Here we go. Sorry, <clears throat> stuttering. New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom. This is like WrestleMania in Japan. Um, where Meltzer give it a fucking seven star. How can you give fucking matches seven star? The most is a fucking five star. So he's just making the rules up as he goes along, this Dave Meltzer guy. 
I agree with a lot of the stuff he says about wrestling, but he's very, I just think he's one-dimensional. Like, I think I've said this before, Dave Meltzer always reviews matches on how good the actual technical aspect of the match is, instead of, if there's not much going on in a match, say it's a brawl or a story, it's there to tell a story, then you'll not even fucking rate the match, you'll give it like half a star, and that's some of the best matches of that. Like the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant match. I'd give that a five star just because of the feeling of it. And the, the hype and the the electricity of the crowd. It's the crowd's getting into it. You've been invested in the storyline to it. You want to see... You really want to see like Hulk Hogan win. Or you really want to see Stone Cold win. Or with Mankind, with The Rock, when he won the title. You really wanted to see that. Then those matches, for me even though they might not have much technical aspect in the wrestling, get five stars and are usually better than the fucking matches, the Kurt Angle, Benoit, Malenko, Guerrero matches and a lot of these Japan matches. Um, I have watched a Kenny Omega, uh, what is it, Osaga, I can't spell his name, Osaga match. Yeah, very good, um, a bit... Too fast and not much selling, but the the athleticism in the match is unbelievable. And Kenny Omega has got a personality as well, because I've seen him cut promos. So he is like the best fucking uh, guy outside of uh, the big the big time in WWE. Well did it, lads and lasses. We somehow managed to survive another onslaught that was the year in the 21st century. For our endurance and our perseverance, the wrestling gods are rewarding us with New Japan Annual 4th of January Tokyo Dome Show, the 13th installment of Wrestle Kingdom. Admittedly, while in New Japan have assembled one of the deepest wrestling cards in history, this is quite as much giddy anticipation for this year's show in cons- comparison to others, at least among New Japan faithful. Part of it has to do with the white-hot excitement that preceded last year's Wrestle Kingdom, with Chris Jericho making his shocking return to the promotion and Tizoko Naoto being the hottest act in the world at the time. But another part is that over the past year, New Japan fans have been left with more questions than answers as the company continues to restructure and refocus their efforts on appealing to a global audience. The feeling among New Japan wrestling diehards is that there's been a shift in soul for the company. The shows still have the best wrestling in the world, but fans like to know where a promotion is heading in terms of creative and philosophical direction. And in terms of this year's Wrestle Kingdom, we have no idea what's going on in their mind. Right then, but we're going to have another, probably an eight star match this year, are we Meltzer? Probably. Here's some interesting news.
This is Jackie Chan. Iranian state TV has been sacked the head of the regional TV channel after it broadcast a Jackie Chan sex scene. Oh, I don't think Jackie would like that privacy on his peanuts. No, no. I need my peanuts and my little ding dong to ring my bell. My little lobster. Oh, chi 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 my little lobster and peanuts. Nobody do that. Fill my little lobster and pee pee peanutties. Thank you. A video posted online by a viewer of Kish Island showed martial arts star having sex with a woman in film Shangu Incident. I've seen that film and there's no fucking sex scene in that. What the fuck are you talking about? You must be talking about another film or you've been in the funny farm for a couple of years sucking on fucking Ox's cocks. Abducting him from fucking poor people in Cuba and sucking on him, you sick bastards. Physical contact between men and women is not permitted on TV in Iran. Iran, I've got the uh, got the uh, name of the movie wrong because there's no sex scenes in that movie. I've got the movie on DVD. Censors are required to remove men and women for exchanging tender words or jokes. Unveiled females, highness heinies. Close-up of women's faces and exposed necklines. Negative portrayals of cops and men with beards are also banned under bizarre guidelines in the Iran media film. The Tasnim news agency reported that the head of IRIB, Alija Ali Askara, has ordered an investigation into the incident and pledged to Seriously deal with the offenders and report them to the relevant authorities. Some Iranians mocked the broadcaster's response on social media using hashtag Kish channel in Farishi. Hmm. But a Jackie Chan, there's no Jackie Chan sex scene in the fucking movie. I've got it on DVD, so... don't know what the fuck they're talking about there. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Here's some good news. It's a nice news. Mike Tyson to host Cannabis Fame Festival on California Ranch, complete with Chiliville and Hangout Village. Mike Tyson, the hardest motherfucker to ever reach planet Earth, will host a weed-themed music festival on his ranch in California this year. The former world heavyweight champion, 52, 52 fucking hell, grows the drug in the US state where he has been legalised. And he wants to celebrate pot with like-minded souls, even though you will not be able to buy marijuana on the site. Where the fuck do you buy it then? Goes directly to the fucking source. Mike Tyson's farm. Tyson released news on social media saying the next generation of music festival, one that embraces cannabis as a legalized recreational product, debuts in Southern California on February 23rd. 
Kind Music Festival will be one day pop-up musical festival event at the future site of Tyson Ranch Resort. A 412-acre entertainment complex, luxury glamping resort and cannabis research and design facility in the desert hot spring. Tyson's Grand Plan includes Chileville where guests will be able to relax on beanbags as well as bars, mazes and inflatable rides. Inflatable rides, eh? According to the map of the site there will also be a hangout village for like-minded revelers to congregate. So Mike Tyson is now a legal international drug kingpin. There's a lot of shit going I've heard of some shit about this growing of weed. A lot of fucking farmers. Because there was this, um, <coughs> I heard this place in Northern California called, um, what is it? Humble County. Like, used to be, like, this fucking, like, the wild, wild Billy the mother, Billy the kid, Jesse James, um, of today. Just every man for themselves, people getting killed and all that shit when it was, like, black marketed. Now that they've legalised it, a lot of the farmers that have been there, like, growing it, like, getting proper taxed. They're, like, because the government and the states have made it legal, they're getting really taxed really bad, so they're making probably about... 10 or 20 percent of what they would be making if they sold it on the black market so a lot of people are still selling it illegally because like they're taxing it too much so they're not not making any type of profit off it so um there is uh some debate on that i think fucking hell man if the guy's growing it if the farmer's growing it they should get the most not the company that they're selling it to like the company that buys it gets it from the fucking farm. I think the source, the farmer who actually puts time and works hard fucking growing this shit and cultivates it should get the most percentage of profit. That's what I think. So what they're doing is good legalising it. What they need to do is the farmers, because that's where they're getting it from, the fucking farmers. And the companies that are selling it legally in legal pharmacies, legal hash shops... Um, the farmer should be making the most profit out of all that and not getting taxed so much. That's what I fucking think. Hmm. Some dark news. Sorry, I just like to have um get one dark dark news out of the way of my new flash. I, I cover five stories. Girl 14 raped outside Burnley's shopping centre on New Year's Day. Lancashire police are hunting for a male suspect in his 30s or 40s with dark curly hair, a tanned complexion and a short beard. Police, the teenager was attacked around 9am at the bottom of steps close to the Charter Walk Mall in Burnley, Lancashire. The male suspect is described as being in his 30s or 40s, having short, dark, curly hair, a tan complexion and a short beard. He was wearing dark clothing at in its belief he left the shopping centre in the direction of Church Street. Detective Inspector Tim 
McDermott said, we would like to reassure the public that incidents of this type are rare and we have a number of officers working on inquiry. The girl is being supported by specially trained officers. I would appeal to anyone who was in that area this morning and saw anything that they think is relevant to contact us immediately. Fucking hell, 9am in the morning. Fucking hell, that's when you least expect some shit like that to happen. See anything can happen at any fucking time. Last of the news flash. The Russia. Something about the missiles in the Russia. Nothing new there, as they nearly started World War Three, stacking their nuclear missiles in Cuba. And uh, the GK, GK, JFK, Mr. Kennedy, was going to strike back, but um, I do not know what happened. They must have fucked each other, the JFK and the president of Russia, to stop from having a world extinction and evaporating the world with nuclear warfare. They used a little island like Cuba, to stash all their weapons. If anyone's familiar with that story. Russia says new missile flies at 27 times the speed of sound and renders all defences useless. Very scary. A new Russian missile system has been created that will render any defence systems useless. A top official from the county has claimed. Yuro Bozhov, Russia's deputy prime minister, told state television that the device is impossible to intercept. The Avangad was test-fired on Wednesday. It's described as a hypersonic glide vehicle that flies 27 times faster than the speed of the of sound. Fucking hell. Russian President Vladimir Putin oversaw the weapons launch, comparing it to a meteorite. It launched from southwest Russia and successfully hit and destroyed a target 3,700 miles, 5,954 kilometers away in the country's far east, he said. Mr. Borisov said on Thursday essentially makes missiles defenses useless. Hmm. So they got a very, 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 very powerful weapons. And Putin is a very dangerous rush ground. More dangerous than the, the, the eagle. Khabib. Now, 
let's get into the podcast. First, let's get into a recent of UFC uh, 232. Now, this is how UFC should happen. Fuck all that WWE shit that Conor McGregor was doing and all that fucking bullshit um, of UFC 228. What was it? 229. I mean, you've got to stop this shit with this. All this talking and cutting promos and all this shit and the targeting of john fucking jones is so is unbelievable it just pisses me off i was watching the uh the conference before the fight and all the fucking journalists all they were asking and all the shit was about is they found this what is it this microgram microgram which is like salt but uh 80 million Divided into 8 million. So like a little piece of one salt. Divided into 8 million. Parts. They found a little microgram. Of a so called. Steroid. In his system. And now there's a big fuss. Instead of one of the. Getting ready for one of the. Biggest rematches of all time. There's a biggest fuss over that bullshit. I mean I think John Jones has been targeted. I real I really think I don't know why but I think that that you you sadder they're just fucking bullshit they ruined the spot you know that was the problem with USC I got is the you sadder fucking bullshit I just fucking hate it if I was a mixed martial arts fighter I would not go to USC because I would just say fuck you you sadder I don't give a fuck what's in my system bitch you go. You know, what they're trying to do to fucking John Jones, man. What? Why are people asking? Did they, did he want an x-ray of the fucking guy? Did he want to cannibalise him? Did he want to see every single molecule or fucking cell there is in his body? And he's so fascinated with the insides of John Jones that they want to fucking take it and make fucking millions of it. Millions and billions of pounds across it in some fucking ancient museum in hundred years fucking time. Or use it from some kind of science project. Like a fucking guinea pig. And John Jones like this fucking guinea pig in a fucking science lab. I'm surprised he hasn't been locked in a fucking lab. And been tested on for the past fucking two years. Held fucking captive there. Because that's how fucking stupid this fucking... USADA testing is. As well as making fucking weight to be honest man. It's like... I know you got to make weight and shit like that, but the weight thing is fucked up as well. I mean, you can be £10, £20 lighter and still fight the guy, man. Weight doesn't fucking... Come, you know, weight does not determine who the fight is. Because you're the same size. The lighter you are, the more you're going to beat the guy who's the same size who's got more weight on him. Because you're going to be faster and you're going to have more cardio. So that... The weight thing is a bullshit as well. It's too fucking strict. The drug fucking policy is too fucking strict. And um, and steroid and fucking microgram. If I looked at my system, man, there'd be fucking tons. A fucking ton of fucking cannabis. Half a fucking ton of cocaine. Fucking... If we came my prescription, my Ritalin, obviously, fucking that 
be millions, tons and tons because I take that. So if I was a fighter, I probably wouldn't do that, even though I'd say that I've been taking this medication since I was 10 years old because it's for an illness, so you can't say shit. But you get what I'm saying? So these found a fucking microgram, and most of the people in the system will have fucking weed, fucking tons of weed in the fucking system, coke, whatever fucking recreational fucking medical drug they have. And saying that shit, John Jones, does he need a fucking steroid? Look at him. His body is naturally lean. He does not look like your typical steroid user. He's got long natural arms, long legs. He doesn't need steroids. The whole bullshit with John Jones is the thing that he had with that pregnant lady and the fact that in his recreational time, he sniffed cocaine. Big fucking deal. How's that going to make him win a fucking fight? Sniffing fucking coke the, the night before. And staying up. Staying up all night, sniffing fucking coke the night before is going to make you win a fucking MMA fight. Well, that's the most bullshit fucking thing I've ever fucking heard. If not... It's the worst thing you could fucking do before any athletic contest. Because you're going to be hung over like a motherfucker. And you're not going to have the even... You're not going to have the energy to even walk to the fucking octagon. Let alone fucking fight for five rounds in there. So, And this steroid thing is... He's, not t he's never took these strong steroids like, you know, the wrestlers did in the 80s. Like Hulk Hogan and... Billy Graham and all that. These are not the same steroids. These are... What he took was a kind of like a Viagra. Is what I heard. It's it like a Viagra. And that obviously is kind of similar to a steroid. Is it boosts your testosterone. And even if he did take a performance enhancing drug. Which probably was a vitamin. Right? Because sometimes I take vitamins to... Because um, it recovers the muscle... Um, that's what they say anyway a lot of vitamins but a lot of people take vitamins because, um, that are good for your muscle to um, not increase muscle mass but to regulate it so you're, you're like more likely to not strain your muscle or so to grow your muscle uh, more nat naturally and authentically so that's probably what steroid you're taking anyway and even if he was taking the steroid, steroids a week before the fight ain't going to make you perform better. Not in MMA. Because John Jones beats his people with his techniques. If you've watched every fucking John Jones fight, you know he beats his opponent with his techniques and his quickness reaction to the brain. Not his strength or whether he can wrestle you and throw you about like uh, a fucking ragdoll like Brock Lesnar threw John Cena around in SummerSlam 2014. You don't see John Jones doing that shit. He's very timing, he's chilled, and very very good timing at his uh, strikes, very intelligent fighter, and uh, he's got lots of technique, steroids, Never is going to unleash your technique. Never going to make your technique. It's not a fucking brain booster. It's a fucking body booster. And the fact that it makes you faster is bullshit as well. Because it doesn't make you faster. And it doesn't make you perform better either. Steroid doesn't. All steroid does 
is basically it's technical fucking sense. This steroid basically makes your muscles grow five times, maybe ten times more. But if you take steroids and then have a workout, then your muscles grow ten times more, basically. But your dick shrinks to a little ding dong. Ding dong. So that is what steroids do. You're not they don't make you mentally faster or mentally they make you stronger because of what I said we can't take steroids and sit down. Because they'll, that'll do fuck all. You have to work out. I'm saying you take steroids. They take, if someone's not taking steroids and goes to work out, then the person that takes steroids is going to be 10 times stronger. Get 10 times more. 10 times more benefit from working out. And uh, it'll be, they'll be 10 times stronger so the results will be 10 times better so if you're not using steroid a non-steroid user work out like have like 10 workouts and a steroid user would have one workout take them one workout to look like the fucking lex lugo or whatever that's what steroids do they don't help you with your speed your accuracy and the way you think and that's what John Jones brings. Obviously they help you with your strength when you're working out and the, the results of it. That's what steroids help you with. So that's all fucking bullshit about it. And I like both fighters. I like Gustafsson and Jones. And um, I'm very, very um, curious to see who's going to win this fight. Because um, Gustafsson's been the closest guy to beating Jones. I still think Jones just had the edge. He had the most strikes in the first fight. So th this really is what you... Forget all this fucking bullshit leading up to it. This is what UFC should be like every single pay-per-view. Like the last fight with Max Holloway. It's represented what UFC should be about. The fighting. So how hard these fighters train... And how much technique and how much time they spend in training is what you should watch the UFC for. It's not entertainment. It's who's the best fighter, who's got the best skills. That's what I watch it for, for the technical aspect. Like Dave Meltzer watches wrestling for in some weird way. Instead of it trying to be some WWE bullshit. With promos and storylines behind it. Who gives a fuck about that? Yeah, sometimes it's interesting if two guys really hate each other. Like, especially with Cormier and Jones. I kind of like that. Because they do hate, hate each other and none of them got beat. So it's like, fucking hell, who's going to win out of that, these guys? Honestly, Jones fucking does. Twice. But really, you know, this is how USA should be, two fighters that respect each other, the problem with Conor McGregor is he did not respect Khabib and that's what made him lose the fight Is you got to have respect for your opponent USC is supposed to be a mixed martial arts fight is supposed to be your humble um, yeah, you have some ego talk a bit of smack, but not take it personal it's not like you're a street fight if, if you're talking smack but you're meaning it and you want it to be a fight, then have a fucking street fight, that's what that's for, that's street shit, it shouldn't be about that, a lot of people do MMA fighting and all that shit, so they can 
get away from, you know, to um, channel their anger. That's why I do it. So I don't, they don't feel the need to have to get into street fights and things like that or feel insecure about themselves. You can release all that anger in a proper way, which is what's good about MMA. And that's what it should be about. That's what it should be promoted is about who's the best fighter and focus on their fighting skills as a way of fighting being art instead of um, barbaric and uh, violence as you call it and uh, people just beefing all the fucking time and ending up the whole world fighting each other I mean UFC channels that aggression in you that's what it should be about and this that what this week was about there's two fighters that respected each other same with Chad Mendes um, and uh, the Australian guy um, Kalish Condit and Michael Kielsi was it and um, what other fight was there um, the black guy uh, Corey Anderson and the uh, other guy they were all technical fights all respected each other and uh, Amanda Nunes and Cyborg two of the toughest women ever so th- this card really was you think about it was who's the toughest fucking fighter both female and male in the UFC today so this card I think was the ultimate card of 2018 and 2018 the second half definitely the second half of the 2018 probably one of the best runs that UFC have had with the amount of big fights that they've shown in this last six month period but um, Chad Mendes fight that was a fucking classic fight I mean Chad Mendes just would fight nearly better than anyone in his division um, Chad Mendes is a fucking uh, so very unique and uh Basically, he's fighting someone very similar to his style. He got loads of shots in. And you're thinking he's gonna win the fight like he usually does by just his fast fucking punches, and he just punches it out of nowhere, gives you no chance to breathe. Kind of similar to Holloway, and he's got great wrestling skills and ground skills. But I was amazed. You thought Mendez was gonna win the fight, and then he gets knocked out. It's like the tide just turned like fucking that straight away. That was a very interesting fight. Um, Cody Anderson fight, that was a good fight, but that ended up in a decision. Uh, um, the guy was worn out, I think, after the second round. And this the thing, um, I was thinking about this, is what guy, the, the guy, the, uh, Corey Anderson's opponent, right, when you're worn out and you're in the corner, you don't want, if you're trying to get a second wind, his coaches are shouting at him, saying, "Do this, do that, uh, uh, fucking hit, just go, move out the way, fucking make sure you get them combinations in, and stop fucking leaving yourself open." Blah de blah de blah. What you're doing there is the coaches is basically you're not giving them a chance to get any second win, so you're just barking things in. Imagine you've been in a round, fighting for your life for five minutes. I'm telling you, that seems like an eternity. You're going to be worn the fuck out like he is. You're going to want a bit of calmness. You're going to want to take some deep breaths. 
If you've got any chance to get a second wind and get back into the fight, the coaches should just be talking to you very in a very soft voice. In my um, a very soft voice and let and just say breathe, breathe. You know they know that their fucking fighter is worn the fuck out and is jet lagged. Then you know they should just talk to them very softly and just say breathe and let them breathe. They got a minute or two minutes where they've got to get the second win. Take some water, throw a towel on the face to. To um, water all over them and stuff like that, so they can get the second win back. Get a couple of deep breaths in, and then get you. Then they'll get the second win. You're not gonna do that by shouting at them. You're not gonna be a chance. We're gonna have the crowd, and then have people in their mind not be able to think. Probably not gonna be able to fucking breathe. And then you're just wearing them out even more. So that, that's, I think I, I was analyzing that about coaches. That's bad coaching for a fighter. To do that, I think. I think, especially if a fighter is jet lagged and is losing the fight and um, is worn out. When he once he gets to the corner, you need to talk to him softly or not even talk at all and let him just breathe, because that's two minutes. Depending on how fit and your cardio is, can be enough time to get your second wind. So uh, that's not my that's my thing on that. Um, very ups. Um, Michael Kielsey, um, upcoming uh, fighter in the lightweight division, beat uh, legend Carlos Condit. Now, we have the fight, the biggest women's fight of all time. Now this is gonna decide who's the biggest women's fighter in UFC history: Amanda Nunes or Cyborg. Now. Going to this fight, I thought, Cyborg's never lost. She's a featherweight champion, a weight above a Nunes. I'm thinking Cyborg's going to fucking destroy Nunes. That's why I thought I didn't think Nunes were going to win. Even though as tough as Nunes is, and how bad she is, and just, you know, how, how, um, you know, both of them had tremendous respect for each other. It's like Jones and Gustafson. You didn't think, oh, they didn't have respect for each other. They did. You know, they were just like men at the conference. They weren't staring each other down saying, fuck you or whatever. They shook hands at the conference. Same with uh, Nunes and Cyborg. None of it was personal. But um, I was totally amazed. I mean, I thought Cyborg was just going to rip Nunes into our pieces. Basically... Cyborg comes comes out with a dangerous boxing which can knock any woman out. But Nunes just fucking kicks her, gets her with a fucking lead kick. Then Cyborg kind of pounds Nunes into the corner trying to get some combos in. But Nunes just fucking counterattacks her and just drops her there. And then I'm thinking, whoa, fuck. You know, you don't see the punches but they're fast as fuck. You, you think Cyborg's punching the fuck out of Nunes, but it's the other way around. Nunes is counter-striking each and every one of it. After that leg kick, Cyborg obviously goes into the offense, but she's not landing him. You think she looks like it, she is, but she isn't. Nunes is landing him. That's why Cyborg drops. And then 
she gets up and just a um, moment after Nunez just unloads and a bang 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 clear shots to the face drops her once and then just bang 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 and then in fucking so classic classic style just a fucking nice overhand connects perfectly on a fucking jaw just slap bang perfect precision boom she just drops like a fucking drops you know drops like you just drop dead yeah okay so someone just drops dead of a heart attack that's what cyborg does just go dink it's like you're pushing over a plastic a plastic board Boom. that's how good that knockout looked nunez it's a very very big moment for nunez yeah Ronda rousey no Amanda Nunes is the greatest women's fighter of all time. She represents the women's fighting in the UFC and is the greatest of all time. And that picture with her two belts is the most iconic picture for a woman ever in MMA. Now we get to the main event. I'm kind of 50-50 about this fight because I think, obviously, Jones may have some ring rust. So he might not be as good. But I'm still thinking Jones is going to win the fight. Because it's John fucking Jones. No one, it just Jones always comes out with something. Always delivers. And uh, <clears throat> But I thought this was going to be like the first fight. And Gustafsson might have a chance. I mean, Gustafsson ain't no fucking punk. Gustafsson probably, you know, is Jones's hardest opponent yet. You know, his boxing, his training. I was watching the training for it. And um, I was thinking Gustafsson has a good chance because of the way he's training. He's training in the outdoors, not in the uh, open gym like Jones were doing. So I thought maybe uh, Gustafsson got a good chance of winning this fight. So, um, but basically Jones, what he does always is he studies his uh, opponent. Very good at studying his opponent. <laughs> And his style is so fucking unique. If you watch Jones' style, it's very Wing Chun-like. You can see that, the, the narrowism, his stance. It's very Wing Chun-like, how he grips the hands. As he tees the hands, as he's, as he's gripping the hands, like kind of like Wing Chun does. As he par parries. How do you call it? Parry in MMA, but... Trapping, he, he does traps. I've seen it in a lot of Jones's fights. He'll trap you and then just come in very narrow at you, either with a narrow, fucking lethal fucking leg kick that'll break the normal part person's leg into fucking half, or you just come in with a fucking elbow out of nowhere. It's very Wing Chun like and very narrow punches that he does. And uh, from fucking leg kicks, he's very, very, you can tell by his stance, but there's a lot of Wing Chun in that. But a lot of other things, he's very great at moving around and just um, knowing what the opponent's going to do, anticipating every move of his opponent. And that's why I said about the intelligence of Jones and obviously his reach, yeah. But his stance is very Wing Chun like in a lot of fights. And obviously he did a lot of boxing and just his whole psychology of um, 
mixed martial arts makes him the best in the world and probably going to be the best of all time. I mean, <clears throat> he just fed into Gustafsson's game just like he did with Cormier. He waited for the right time to do what he does. And that meaning he learned his lesson from the last fight. Don't go fucking mad in the middle of the ring and go after Gustafsson and get into a boxing match because Gustafsson will win. But just stand back, let Gustafsson come at you and you just like counter-attack him and go up, be on the defence for two rounds and Jones got just loads of shots in in the first two rounds. I mean, he didn't, it weren't like a 10-8 rounds the first two rounds, but Gustafs, uh, Jones had the first two rounds. He just, he just played it tactical. He basically was backing off, letting Gustafsson chasing him then just having licking little shots in, the Superman punch, kick to the leg, um, which obviously that that's what slowed Gustafsson down was the kick to the leg. Jones just kicks to the leg and his elbows and his quick Wing Chun-like punches as he narrows in. Very good. But he was playing defence. He was like pacing around the ring. He was very good at his reflex. Moving out of the way, letting Gustafson chase him instead of him chasing Gustafson in the first fight. He took hardly any shots. He strategized that just like he did in the the second Cormier match. He was strategizing for the whole match. Knew what he was going to do. Knew Law Gustafson into to him. Um, feel him out, you know, because that's what Jones likes to do. He likes to feel his opponent out. Get into their mind frame, get into their groove, um, beat them at their own groove, which Jones did by going on the defense, backing up, and then in round three, going for the kill. <coughs> and uh, he set it up basically, I think, with a leg kick in the second round, um, giving uh, Gustafson uh, spaghetti legs. And as soon as you come out in the third round, Jones just boom different than who did with Cormier and he kicked him in the head Jones is a great all round fighter just takes him down does uh, some great jujitsu on him and then just bang 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 pounds him boom the king is back and Jones has got a very good attitude he's not like Conor McGregor who's like oh fucking well, I won loads of fights I'm the greatest of all time I'm a fucking veteran yeah, I'm going to go to Fly Maven and make millions of fights and then I'm going to get fucking paid and I'm going to have the big fucking fights, talk trash and it's going to be all about me, me, me. I'm going to be on the cover of everything and all this fucking shit. I'm the legend and all that fucking shit. Jones is like, just like as a fighter should be. It's like, yeah, I won the fight, but this is just a start. He's a fucking legend. I mean, Conor McGregor is not a legend. Yeah, he's lost. He's Jones has never lost and still he's saying he's got the right attitude saying anybody I'll fight anybody at any time up and coming light everyone I'm not in for the big fights this is just the start I'm a new guy and I'm going to keep getting better and better and that's the attitude you want now I'm just hoping that Jones don't fuck up on the outside of UFC because he probably will be the greatest of all time. And that's all I've got to say about that. Now I'm going to get into the audiobook. To start off, 
the year of 2019 I'm going to Ladi Ladi Piper see Zai Zhen Zai Zhen